Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode 45. And today we are joined all the way from Barbados by Miss Jana Agard. Hello, dear. Hi. How are you? Oh, are you yeah. well? I'm fine. I'm doing fine for now. Thank you. Brilliant. Good and good, yeah. yeah, good, good, good. And Jana is the founder and creative director of the Mary Agatha Group, which consists of Homemade by Jana, as well as a shop. And she is a creative entrepreneur. She was born and raised in Barbados. Um, she's a graduate of the Samuel Jackman Prescott Institute of Technology and the Erdiston Teachers Training College. She's completed several workshops, gaining knowledge and training in marketing, business startups, family, and peer-to-peer counseling. So that's a little bit about Jana. She's been involved in community, volunteering work, mentorship work for the last 12 years. And she's a mother of triplets. (laughs) She enjoys reading, um, spending time with her children, she also um, likes helping young mothers as well. And Janice also created the Mompreneur Guide. And she's just a very busy lady with a lot going on with her new business. How long have you started? Now have you started your business? Would you like to tell everyone? Um, I'll probably say like six months officially, officially. But it's been longer than that. Probably like maybe two years. But officially, um, I would say six months. So Jana represents our community, an early stage female entrepreneur. And getting right to it, today, podcast episode 45 with Jana is going to be about mental health and motherhood. Okay. Yes, indeed. So like we said, she's the mother of triplets. So you can imagine a uh, very <laughs> life. How old are they now? They are seven. They were seven in March. Um, seven in March. Yeah. It's, it's been a seven-year journey, I like to call it. Wow. Um, Mm. It's not been it's not been easy, but it's been very 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 rewarding. Um, yeah, and the love is real. I tell people all the time, like mm. despite everything that happens, despite these struggles, the mm. love that I get is real. And I guess mm. it's that that kind of keeps you going, you know. Mm. Um, when I give thoughts to the pregnancy itself, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously, as a young as a young woman discovering that you you're pregnant you know, obviously is, is a shock um, in that, you know, it's going to be a new beginning, but then to discover <laughs> that it's not only going to be a new beginning, but it's going to be that times three, you know, it really, it really makes you, it really makes you think. I say that much. It really makes you think. Well, I, I did a bit of laughing at, as well, because for me, it was really shocked, but the journey from, from there to now, it has been one that has definitely taught me a lot and has allowed me definitely to, to grow into the person that I've, I'm becoming. And I definitely like that. Good. Definitely okay. like that. So before we start our discussion on uh, mental health and motherhood, can you give us uh, just a, a brief uh, overview, a brief summary of your journey uh, to entrepreneurship? How did that all begin? Um, well, first, let me say, when I think about my journey, um, in regards to entrepreneurship, um, I can't acknowledge it without, I can't, um, I can't go forth without really acknowledging the fact that I come from a family of entrepreneurs and it starts with my dad. 
um, who is a joiner. He has his own workshop. He's been doing that pretty much his whole entire life. <laughs> um, then there's my brothers who, yet again, they're all entrepreneurs um, and all in the creative field, if I may add, um, graphic design. Sure. And for me, growing up and seeing that emotion it was something that was very fascinating. And then my sister, before she really got into teaching um, full-time, she actually, she still has a few clients, a few private clients, but for her as well, designing, that was something that she as well did for a very long time and it had sustained her. So like I said, growing up and seeing this and being one of the youngest, it really inspired me from a very, very, very early age that, even if I do work for someone at some point in time, my ultimate goal is to be self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just self-employed, but to be within the creative industry and to be self-employed. Um, so I would say probably around like 13, 14, I had started to kind of have an idea as to what area was thinking. Um, for a bit, it was more like designing because I'd always like sketching and stuff like that. And like I said, spending summers with my, my dad in the workshop, I'd always like working with the wood. Um, and then spending time with my brothers. Yet again, it was graphic. So I think my, my biggest struggle was trying to figure out how do I all, how can I make sense of all the talents that I have, you know, and put it all together mm. <laughs> and make that my, my life in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, I always felt like wanted to be an entrepreneur. I I want to make sure whatever it is I do is something that I'm truly passionate about. It's something that takes me to that happy place, you know, um, where for me, it doesn't feel like work. It's more like I'm just enjoying a passion, you know. So for me, I would say 13, 14, around that, around that time, I had started creating my, um, my master plans, as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I even have like little notebooks of ideas that I have from way back then, you know, but throughout time, you know, obviously I got pregnant with the kids. So things kind of took a little step back. And then even when I had them, still trying to figure out things for myself. But as I have gotten older and they have gotten older, I've been able to, to give myself a little bit more time. I had spent some time in teaching as well. And I think that stint in teaching really made me realize that, you know what, as much as I enjoy sharing knowledge, I really want to create, you know, I really want to have that, that sense of freedom, you know, without um, the limitation of what I can and can't do in regards to, 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 to working in that environment at that time. And it was probably, like I said, a few years ago that I made, really made a decision that, you know what, this is a, this is a do or die situation. I need to do this. Um, not just for me, but also for my children, because how can I as a mother want to tell them or inspire them to, to live your dream, do what you want to do? But yet I as the mother, you know, I'm not <laughs> living by example. So for me, I really made that decision, you know, like I said, within the last few years that no matter what, I'm going to fight for it because I want that when they see me, they see me in the light of a fighter, a person who is going after it, you know, because I want that when I tell them to go after it, they could completely understand and relate to having seen certain things when they were growing up. 
Mm. Yeah. 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 It's, all of, it's all about the kitties. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. And that's so important. Yeah. So now switching to the conversation um, at hand. Mm-hmm. Mental yes. health. So firstly, would you like to tell us about your own struggles that you've had with, with any mental health issues? Yeah, and, sure. Uh, did, just how, how you go about defining mental health. Yeah, well, um, first, let me just say, because I've probably never actually said this, you know, people who know me um, on a personal level would know this, but as I've gotten older yet again, I've realized the need to to share information so, so people can understand you're not alone in oh, your absolutely. situation. Share right? stories. Um, yeah, definitely. That's what we're doing now. That's what we're exactly. doing. Exactly. You're sharing your story. And when yeah. I decided to, to share this, for me, it was something that I actually prayed about because I wanted to make sure that I was doing what I thought was right. And after praying and really thinking about it, I said, you know what? There are a lot of women out there that are battling a lot that they need to know you're not alone. And mm-hmm. for most of my teenage years, I battled with depression. Like, it was really, really, really bad at that time. Um, a lot of the issues, when I think back on it, has stemmed from self-esteem issues, um, not loving myself, I guess, enough, or not being able to understand myself. Um, I felt like, like most times, you know, misunderstood um, and especially from a creative standpoint with the world itself you know at that time it was everybody would say well be an accountant be a lawyer be this and for me it was like that, that's not what I want to do though you know mm-hmm. so there was always this, this this feeling of being misunderstood from the world and then not being accepted and also having a lot of issues at the time with my dad and stuff and I will battle with depression right so maybe like from 12 12, 13, 14, you mm. know, and I would do a lot of crying. I would really do a lot of crying in those years. Mm. And my mother, she was aware that something was wrong. Mm. But I think for her at that time, she wasn't, she could fully, fully grasp all of how can I help her? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she knew something was wrong, but I think they don't understand it. They don't understand it. Yeah. And, you know, my mom is, is of an older generation. Because my mom, oh, yeah. yeah, she's of an older, she's an older woman. Um, and for her, I think she, she wanted to help, but she wasn't quite sure how to. And I went through it, like I said, probably something like I was 16. And then I, I myself knew something was wrong too, but I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't explain it, you know? Mm. And I would do a lot of writing. Writing for me is, is very therapeutic. Even up to this day, is very, very therapeutic. And yeah. I remember when I went to Polytechnic, I think it was around like 17, 18, no, 18. And there was this teacher. She actually had a background um, as a mental health, as a nurse um, in, in psychiatry. And she had said to my sister, who at the time was a teacher at the Polytechnic as well, and she said to my sister, you know, um, I don't like how Jana, you know, I think, I think, you know, y'all ever, you, you know, is something, is something going on? So then my sister said to her, you know, well, yeah, she, she's battling, you know, she's, she has her own little issues going on. Mm. And she suggested that my mom send me to the psychiatrist, right? Mm-hmm. And... I was at a place, honestly, where 
for me, I really could not have cared if I went or didn't go. Mm. You know, it was, I had reached that point after so many years of battling and dealing with these internal feelings that for me, it was like, what's the worst that can happen, you know? Yeah. So, right. I was literally at that place. Like, what is the worst that can happen? So I went, I remember clearly, I went, I believe it was a Friday and, you know, filled out the, the forms, everything I went in. Um, she asked me a few questions and for me, it just felt like a piece of heaven because for yeah. the first time I felt like I can vent, I can say what I have to say, like, wow, like I'm not being judged. Like I can just talk it out, you know? And I did exactly <laughs> that. And from there, I left there feeling so much better than I did when I went in. And going through consultations with her over a period of time, she eventually had diagnosed me with bipolar. And it was from there that I would say things began to really make a lot of sense. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't easy. I tell people that it was not easy at all, but it's always good when you can identify that something is wrong mm -hmm. and then try to to like you identify you so you know that something is wrong mm -hmm. and then you're able to put a name or something you know mm -hmm. that you can make sense of it and yeah. she was able to do that for me um i started a program of, of drugs and um medications and stuff mm. and then i got pregnant now when i got pregnant that i would say was that, that was an that was an interesting part because I had gotten pregnant probably like a year and a half after, like two years after the full diagnosis, I would say probably a year and a half or so. And I had to stop the medication as long as I was willing to proceed with the pregnancy. And I remember she's the doctor saying to me one day in the office and she was like, Shana, I, I really don't know how you're going to get this, this, this due. You know, because at that time they had discovered it was triplets and she was like, mm. I really don't know how you're going to manage this as well as not being able to be on medication. Because she was mm. saying to me, you know, I was 21 at the time and how are you going to manage a pregnancy? Not just one, <laughs> but three children inside of you <laughs> growing and not being able to take medication to help, you know, keep you balance and I was like at first I just said you know what like I guess I'll figure it out you know <laughs> you know I was like uh, something just came up in me and I was just like I'm, I'm gonna get it figured out you know and only later on I realized I guess that was God's way of saying to me you know I have you and going through that experience I was pregnant for 36 weeks and three days and absolutely no medication. And it took me a lot of, it took a lot of mental strength, I tell you that. But it also put things into perspective about how I needed to cope with, with, with what I was given, you know. And for me, a lot of it stemmed from the environment in which I was in at the time. And trying to understand what really is it you know what what is this bipolar what is mental health like understanding it all how and i think that, that what really is it <laughs> that what you just you said know? is very is very important because i think there are a lot of cultures and societies around the world where mental health and the just just uh 
broaching the topic, it's quite taboo. So firstly, people need to understand what mental health is. Mental health is everything. It's your, it's your emotional, it's your psychological, it's, it's mm-hmm. your well, it's your well-being, it's your social well-being, mm-hmm. it's, it's how you think, yep. it's how you feel, it's, it's, it's how, how you process. Act. It's how you process it's, you know, and it, it can be influenced by, it can be brought on by various factors. It can be the brain chemistry. We know yep. the imbalance in the brain. Yep. It can be genetic. There can be biological factors, but it can also be trauma. If you suddenly lose someone yep. close to you, if there's been a death, if there's been a miscarriage, if there's been a series of, of, of abusive events in, in someone's life or life experiences also again genetic family family history of mental health and also people need to know that this is normal like it's not it's not like oh my god only certain people get get this type of mental health no i mean all of us at some stage in our life will experience some kind of depression or um and then there are more serious cases like um say um schizophrenia and disorders and so on but um uh, everyone almost everyone experiences some kind of depressive state at some stage in their life at some point or and then there's major depression which is a completely different matter and there's bipolar disorder which is what you've discussed and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth so i think we really need to get that out there so that people realize this is not like yeah um, you know, some, some taboo topic and only certain people have that, you know, and it's not the kind of thing where you say, Oh, you you know, you don't, you don't cure it by praying. You don't cure it by going to the mosque or the church or the temple or what have you. It doesn't work that way. You know, it's not as Mm -hmm. in many communities of color, you hear people say things like, Oh, that's a white man's disease. No, it's not. Um, you, you know, it's, this is a serious problem affecting lots of different kinds of people every in their everyday lives. You may be working with someone who shows up in a very strong way, but they may be actually suffering from a mental illness every single day of their lives. So, um, it's, it's so important that we just put that out there so that people really understand what mental health is and it isn't. And then there's, um, there's things like, like suicide, you know, mental health issues lead some people to want to take their own lives which is obviously um very bad and unfortunate but there are extreme cases and so why don't we talk about first before we talk about mental health and and motherhood do you want to talk about some of the early warning signs i mean for example you know um it could be just laying in bed all day and not going anywhere not eating not sleeping yeah pulling away from people low energy for me, and I, like I said, I can, I can speak for it because it's something that I've struggled with. For me, I, I would spend a lot of time um, withdrawing from people and, yeah, and family yeah. and just wanting to be alone and be in the bedroom and have the door locked and, you know, mm-hmm. have the whole house shut down <laughs> because, you know, I just want to you're in to a dark place. You, you're in a dark place exactly. and, you, and you want to be in a dark you place know? and you, you want to be there. Yeah. And even up to, to now, as I go through the journey of trying to juggle, I have gotten so in touch with, my, with myself that I can feel something coming on. So Good even if I start to feel like um, my, my, my heart is beating fast, I'd be like, okay, Johnny, you know what? You need to calm down. I was like, all right, you know what? Um, all right, 
you know, I'd be like, okay, something like I would say to my mom, like, you know, mommy, I think like I'm feeling a little flustered right now, <laughs> right? Mm. Because I can I can feel the anxiety coming on. Right? right. Because obviously, you know, with bipolar, there's the the battle between the the flips between the anxiety and the depression. So it's like it's a high and low. You know, so one minute you may be feeling really high, next minute you may be feeling really, really low. Right. Right. Some people have more highs and some people have more lows than others. It varies. I I find for me, I have never really been able to fully pinpoint which is more higher. Like if if they're more highs or they're more lows, I can say I've had a balance of both roles. Yeah. You know, and for me, it's it's being able to feeling very fatigued, like a lack of energy. You know, I find sometimes that that also is for me something that I battle with too and feeling very irritable sometimes. Um, sometimes feeling hopeless, um, yeah. insomnia, you know, not yeah. being able to sleep, um, um, stomach issues. You know, sometimes you, you have this anxiety coming on it's as if you can feel it in your stomach. Oh, yeah. You know, overthinking things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trouble breathing. <laughs> I mean, like the list can honestly go on. There are countless, there are countless, um, you know, there are countless ways you can, you can, you can um, figure out feeling sad, um, crying all the time. Um, in some cases, like being in school, like a drop in grades because obviously not being able to concentrate. Um, things like changes in your eating habit, are you eating regular? You're overeating? You're not eating enough? Um, things like that. Obviously, you have to you have to pay attention to those signs. Um, talks about being um, rather being um, dead and alive. Those are somatic yeah. signs. Somatic meaning things that we feel, sensations. So you know, sometimes yeah. you say, "I feel it in my gut." You literally feel it in your gut, or tightening, yeah. tightening in your jaw. That's your actual body's yeah. way of telling you something's not something's right. Wrong. You know, like <laughs> when you get scared. Sure. Or, for example, using the common case of walking down a dark alley, all of a sudden your body mm-hmm. feels funny, things start to feel different. That's a somatic message. That's your body way of saying, alert, something's not right. And I think that's also very mm-hmm. important in, in the discussion around um, mental, mental illness as well. Being able to feel yes, it um, what, what, what these sensations are and what's bringing on these sensations, which helps you to then be better in touch with your body as well. Mm. And, and it also works as a coping strategy. When you listen to your body, for me, that is, that is one of the ways I cope. I just try to listen to what the body is saying to me. And then I figure, okay, well, this is, this is what is going on. So this is what I need to do, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it takes time for some people to, like I said, to identify what triggers, what your, what your triggers are. Um, for me, I know one of them is like um, really high stress situations with little to no time to really process. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that I find would really like get me like, oh gosh, like just just breathe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So for me, I, I think being able to identify the triggers, you know, of of triggers. what you're dealing with, you know, yeah. it, it goes a really long way because you can't you can't try to to treat or help or cope with it if you don't know what triggers it yeah you know? yeah definitely so for me i always tell people like it's not that like you said it isn't anything to feel or oh, it's taboo or you know something is wrong whatever whatever it's just a matter of acknowledging that something is wrong 
and then trying to identify your triggers as to, okay, so this is what triggers me. This is what gets me down. This is what gets me on a high, which is feeling anxious, you know, and being able to identify them, then you're better able then to find ways to cope with them. Definitely. Definitely. And we should let people know that there are, there is recovery, you know, it's not, it's not a a death sentence. People do recover. People do healthy, happy lives. Um, Yeah. It's not some (laughs) kind of curse. You know, it's just, it's just a, a period that you go through and sometimes yeah. some people take much, much longer than others. Yeah. But um, let's now get into um, mental health and, and mothers, because I believe that uh, we talked about this before we got online on air. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's a ridiculous amount of pressure placed on moms. Mm. <laughs> perfect. You know, mom, you know, mom is, she loves me unconditionally and, and you know, mom is the one that does everything for me. And there's this, um, there is this glamorization of mother motherhood and almost a fetish, a fetishization of motherhood, which is yeah. which is fine. Mothers are amazing human beings, but I think when we put mothers on a pedestal like that, it's actually quite damaging because it takes yeah. away from the fact that these are real human beings. It makes them this mythical figure. You know, my mom, she's this mythical figure. She's this goddess. And that's very yeah. dangerous. That's very dangerous, I think. It is. For yeah. me, yet again, um, when I first when I first had the triplets, um, I remember the first few months of, of being a mother, I literally was just pouring out. I was literally pouring out more than I was even putting in. Yeah. And I mean, there were three children crying, you know, wanted um feeding, changing, you know, love and, and everything else that comes with it. And obviously, you know, you still have yourself to deal with. But I had gotten so wrapped up in it all that I literally had neglected myself a lot of ways um, within those first few months. And for me, it it had reached a point where I had gotten so small, Mm. right? Because I wasn't eating much. Um, You know, um, at that time, I I felt as though I wasn't even getting any sleep. It, It was rough right it really really was rough and then one day I just felt as though I reached a point where it I was sitting like but probably went off because I was like but if something happens to me if if I had to die right now or if I had to collapse right now due to not doing not taking care of myself what is really going to happen? And then it was at that point I realized life is going to go on. You know, someone somewhere is going to step in to try to assist my family with the children, my mom, you know, and my mind was going through all these things. And it was like, of course, of course. But yeah, here I am, you know, feeling as though I'm literally running myself down, down into the ground. But if something happened to me right now, I'm still no use to the same three children that I'm here doing all of this for. And it was at that point that I realized, no, there needs to be a balance. Like, there mm. needs to be a rebalance. Like, yes, it's about you three, but you know what? It is just about, it's just as much about me as it is about you. Because at yeah. the end of the day, I'm your mother. I need to make sure that I'm in a good health. Like, Absolutely. I'm good Take health. care of yourself first. Mentally, emotionally, physically, all types of leaves. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I need to be in that place where I am my best self because once I am in my best self, then I can be the best for you and to you. 
And it was then that I started to take little steps to really start to focus not on just being a mother to them, but also taking care of my mental health and right. myself. Right. You know, it was not easy, but like I said, I've taken And what were some of now. what were some of the things that you did? You said you took steps. Would you mind sharing um, with us? What did you sure. do? Well, for me, one was walks. Like mm. for me, up to this day, I still do it. I take early morning walks. Um, sometimes I go with my mom. Sometimes I go with myself. But I take early morning walks. Um, I usually I live close to the beach, so that mm. works for me. So I go to the beach early mornings, probably around five o'clock. I try to do it before they get up because one of the things I realize is that if you can set yourself like right mentally right physically before the, the hustle and bustle of the day gets going you know for me it, it makes the day a lot better so once i get in a good walk you know i meditate on my ends i try to do my deep breathing some stretches and like i said so that by the time they get up i'm already in a whole like i'm in a different mindset like i'm ready to go you know yeah, yeah. because i would have already poured into myself what I need to get my morning going. Um, for me, I find that I've made a lot of changes to my diet. Mm. I try to be more clean. Um, every now and then I cut out meat. I'm not a 100% plant-based, but I do have made a lot of changes to my diet, which I find has worked really, really well. I've actually been surprised how food has become such therapy and such medicine for me. Um, so I tell people all the time, like, you are what you eat, and you'd be surprised if you make changes to your diet, how you even start to feel. Um, I also do some exercising in the evening at the gym, um, spin classes. I find that works as good as as if you're just, you know, you're spinning everything out of, out of like, everything that is frustrating, you just let it out at class, you know? And I try to really take care of myself, you know, by doing those things. Um, for me, prioritizing, I've learned that I have to know what is a priority and what is not, what comes first, what comes second, um, having my boundaries, no, I can't, you know, yes, I can. I'm not sure I'll get back to you. Um, being able to, to set those boundaries and prioritizing. Um, I still, still see my, my psychiatrist. I find that works too because it's a, it's a place, like I said, where you can vent there's no judgment there's no bias like you can just say how you feel what is going on and it put it helps put things into perspective you know at the time listening to my body just being still in quiet moments and just listening to what the body is trying to say to me john i'm tired you know um johnny you need to rest um johnny you're going too much you know johnny just breathe so i try to really sit still and just listen to what my body is telling me um i pray a lot <laughs> um having a support and i tell people a support system doesn't have to mean 10 15 people you know a support can just literally be one person you know who's going to be reliable reliable who's going to be understanding who you can call who's going to say maybe the right words to you at that point well just relax you got everything under control um and for me that is my mom you know i would say right now that has been that has been my mom and like i said you don't need a lot of people um <clears throat> but at least one good person that you know you can trust who's reliable who's going to be there to to give you that little motivation or just reassure you 
you know, but for me, those are some of the things that I have really implemented in my life the last few years. But like I said, eating, eating clean has been the one that I think really, really stands out because whenever I eat and I maintain a clean diet, it just, it works with the mood it works back in in how i feel alive and how i feel yeah. so i can just conquer and just go and do things you know and exercising so those two i would definitely say has taken me has taken me very 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 far they definitely have. definitely so yeah. tell us now about so those are the tools or the those are the other other mechanism mechanisms and the things that you do or that you have been doing to cope so how long have you yourself been living with uh, bipolar disorder? What exactly um, is it? Well, let me see. I, the, official, the official diagnosis, I would say, came, I was probably around 1920. I was like 19, around the age of 1920. And I think at that time... When I first started going to to the psychiatrist, at the time she had only she was only seeing the depression um, signs at the time, right? But things had gotten worse, and I had started getting a lot of um, panic attacks and stuff like that. And it was at that point that then I think she made she realized, you know what, this isn't just depression. This is a little bit um, more to it. Right, but in essence, bipolar disorder, also known as um, manic depressive disorder, mm-hmm. is a brain disorder that um, causes unusual shifts in mood, energy, mm-hmm. activity levels, and um, pretty much the the ability to carry out your day to day tasks can sometimes become a challenge. You know, if you're faced with um, bipolar, you know, um, there are different types of it. Um, the most common ones are bipolar one and two, and like I said, the difference between the one and two pretty much just stems from if you have more highs than lows, and the highs meaning um, anxiety, and the lows meaning um, depression, right? Um, like I said, for some people it can be hard um, yeah. to see certain signs because we we can always identify when a person is feeling depressed. You know, when a person is feeling sad, down out, you know, hopeless. Uh, withdrawing those signs you can always clearly identify because you know so you're feeling down right but there's also the flip to it which is the anxiety which again is like when you the, the lack of um patience you know um procrastination insomnia trouble breathing overthinking right. um, the panic attacks and stuff like that so sometimes like i said it can be hard for for people living their everyday life to think well that is what it is unless you have a really bad episode of a high where you be behaving erratic you know but I always tell people don't don't say that nothing is wrong or don't say that um there's no such thing as mental health or don't say um because I find that we live in a society we're not very encouraging when it comes to seeking help and I, there's nothing wrong with seeking yeah. help. Yeah. You know, to me, there's power in seeking help because the fact that you have such strength that you're willing to seek help, to me, is, is your way of acknowledging, you know what, 
something may be wrong, but I want to know what it is so I can work on it. That is power right there, you know. But if you sit and tell yourself, no, I'll be, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. Truth and fact, the situation is really getting worse and it's really getting worse, right? But for me, I think that even as mothers, like you said, we are made to believe we are invincible, you know. We can do it all. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. super, mom, super mom, you know, and super woman. Exactly, but I tell people, like, there's nothing wrong with realizing that, you know what, this, this, is, this is becoming a lot. This is too much. Um, I really need to take time to, to deal myself. And for me, the minute that I started to realize, I, I, need, I really am losing it, though. <laughs> you know, the minute I started to realize, yeah. if I really love them the way that I said I do, then I need to make sure I'm in the best health I can be mentally, physically, emotionally. And it starts by, by acknowledging something is wrong. And it starts by being willing to seek help, you know? Yes, yes. So I, always, I always try to encourage people, especially mothers, who, who are battling with a lot. And in these times that we live in, there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot that is on our plates as, as mothers. There's a lot that we have to deal with, cope with, struggle with. And oftentimes, you know, you may feel like there's no one there who may understand or who can help you. But there really is always someone, you know, call the doctor, <clears throat> you know, make an appointment. Just do something, but don't do nothing. And for me, I've met people who sometimes they've had to seek help without telling their family because they know their family may not understand. If that's what you need to do to get better for you, then you do it, you know? You don't have to necessarily share if you think that they're not going to understand, you know, but still seek the help, you know? Still seek the help. Definitely, definitely, absolutely. Okay, so let's go back to something you said earlier about mm -hmm. women um, feeling like they need to be super women. Do you think that's a dangerous myth? Mm. What are your um, thoughts on that? As someone who's got three children, okay? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, it can be a dangerous myth. Um, for me, what, I, what I've come to realize is because I'm a, yes, I'm a mother. Yes, I'm a mother of triplets. Yes, I do a lot. Yes, I, I, I take on a lot. Yes, the struggle is real. But yes, things also get hard. And mm -hmm. to me, at the end of the day, we bleed. We are humans, you know. And you need to take time to, to address those issues if you're really going to be the best that you can be. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with you wanting to take time or wanted to, to reach out and say, look, I'm having a real hard time right now. It doesn't make you any less of a good mother. I used to think it did. Um, there was a time I used to feel that way. But then when I really start to realize what is important, you know, know what I said, what is important in this life, you know, you got to put aside that ego and this feeling that society wants to give you where, you know, they put you on this, this really, really, really high pedestal. And like I said, it's not that you aren't 
um, powerful in your own right because I tell people I am, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, I am because half of what I've been through, even as a mother, you know, not to dismiss what men are good at or whatever, but some people can't handle it, you know, and I tell people I've done it while battling with mental health. So don't come to tell me that I'm not strong simply because they said, you know what, I'm having a really hard day right now and I just need, you know, I need a breather. That'll make me weak. Mm. <laughs> it makes me smart because I'm yeah. acknowledging, you know, what my body is saying to me. It doesn't make me, you know, I think, like, and like I said, it, people, that's what society wants to drill at you. And mm. for me, I think we need to change the narrative a bit. Yeah, because it's like we were saying earlier about, about motherhood. It's it's a wonderful thing, but it's also stressful and it's straining yeah. and it's lonely and it's confusing. It <laughs> and it's, you know, you're a whole person and then all of a sudden you're no longer a person anymore. You, you become another identity. There's a lot. Yeah. I'm not a mother, but I speak um, from, <clears throat> from, from people I know, from friends, yeah. from listening. And um, yeah, there's a lot of loneliness Oh, when I was in the hospital, because I was on bed rest at a point, and I remember someone in the hospital had said to me, um, you know, you better enjoy your time now because when these children come in, but you no more. And for a second, like for a good part of, like, like I said, the first six months of the year of their lives, I had started to believe that. And mm -hmm. then when I realized that I was withering away myself, mm -hmm. then that's when it hit me. That's a bunch of foolishness, though. Like, uh, 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 uh. Technically, it's just about me. It's, it's about me just as much as it is about them. Because if I'm supposed to be good for them, I need to take care of myself. Duh. You know? <laughs> like, how, how, can I, how can I be the better version of myself for them if I don't keep, take care of myself? You know? So that's yeah. why I say to people, like, don't feel no way if if you you know there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that like and ask for help ask for help it's not a weakness it's there's you know and asking like, and what about things like support networks and support groups i mean every country is different i know you live in yeah. barbados is there a lot of support for, for um, women battling um coping with everyday you know life and, I, and mental health and motherhood I can't, for me personally, I, I can't say that there is. Um, you know, I, I find here, like I said, everybody's going to have their own opinion. But for me, I feel as though there's a lot more that can be done. And I guess that's where I feel the need to try to do a bit more, um, which I've been trying to, you know, especially with connecting with young mothers, I, I try to, to at least pass on that information sure. and to be a support. But I don't think, I think there's a lot more that can be done, mm. you know. But for me, right now, I would say my strongest support has been my mom and um, a few women from church who mm. I consider to be mother figures for myself. Mm. But I find it's, it's going to be hard for society to, to want to do more if they're not even willing to accept that mental health is even real you know That's so true. yet again it, it starts with you acknowledging that something as real as mental health really exists you know yeah and for me okay the doctor once said to me is 
it's like can't serve the mind, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. like can't serve the mind in a sense. And you it's hard for people to believe in something that technically, you know, they, they really can't see per yeah, se. It's not it's not cancer, you know, it's not yeah. it's not so hard you can see it to where, you know. Yeah. It's not that like, kind of thing. Yeah. But um but I, I, I think it starts with acknowledging that something is wrong. It really starts with acknowledging that it exists. It starts with us as a community realizing this is something that's very, very, very real. And only then can we then really have good support systems, if you get what I mean, you know, because a lot of families still don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's also important to stress that there are people who were completely fine and then post, post, post-birth, they went through postpartum depression or they developed mental health issues as a result mm-hmm. of after having a child so it's a very complex conversation it's very nuanced but yeah um, true. you must know that there is help and there are other people out there struggling just as you are and um yeah i just want to commend you and i want to thank you for, for <laughs> sharing your your story um not a problem our you know our tagline here is uh, connectivity through stories and I really believe in the power of stories and when one woman shares her story, she has the um the ability to inspire many other women because I'm sure there's someone out there who's listening right now who's gone through this or is currently going through it or has a friend going through it. And it's nice to know that oh okay, there are people building businesses who experience this as well. I can have triplets and experiences. This this is a normal thing and it's it, it's something that I can get get help for so thank you so so much for no problem and, and for being such a strong advocate for this and um of course yeah would you mind telling us where where can people find you your website your email address well currently the website is under um it's been having some work done on but you can mm. follow me um on instagram um homemade by jana Mm-hmm. Uh, I spend most of my time there. <laughs> I yeah. spend most of my time there. I find that's a really amazing way to connect, and I share a lot of healthy recipes and stuff through there. Um, like I said, things that I myself have used, you know. So I share a lot of wellness and um, recipes on there. So you can follow me there, homemade by Jana, and we mm-hmm. can always connect there. Yes. Okay. And is there yes. anything you're looking for right now? A collaborator a partner, anything you're looking for that you want to announce so people can get in contact with you and email you about? Well, right now I have a few things, like I said, that I am, I'm really trying to explore to help women a lot more, um, especially here in the Caribbean, um, things along the lines of wellness, um, especially, and promoting it. So anyone who's in that area who's willing to, to collaborate, you could always reach out to me at homeabyjana at gmail.com. I am always, I'm always ready to, to connect. <laughs> I'm Wonderful. always ready to connect. So you could always, any, anything that you could think of, anything that we could possibly collab on, I'm open. Perfect. Perfect. Sweet. And um, thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with no you. I know everybody knows how and where to reach you. And yeah. that is it, lovely birds. I hope you have heard something today that has inspired you or encouraged you. I'm sure I have. And you now have all of Jana's details, how to reach out to her, how to connect with her. So please do go ahead and do that. And until the next podcast episode, 
continue to stay rare. And thanks so much again, Jana. Thank you. No problem. Bye. Bye.